Hey, Sarah Marie Thompson here from wildandcreative.com. Thank you again for joining me on another really fun podcast episode. This is a little bit different because I was actually interviewed by Allie Jane, who is a really great online friend and an amazing creative soul. She interviewed me and was asking me a bunch of amazing questions. So I thought I would take the audio and put it on the podcast because for once, I'm the guest. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining. I hope you really enjoy our amazing conversation here. We're going to be talking about creativity. We're going to be talking about finding our creativity when we've lost it. We're going to be talking about a lot of great stuff. So if you are a creative individual or really want to tune back into your creativity, this is definitely the episode for you. Thank you for having me here. Let me just fix my volume. Hopefully it's good. All right. So hello, everyone. Um, I'm Allie Jean. I'm the creator of the Visibility U Business Incubator. And I also run a media company called Red Unicorn Media. And today I have the luxury of having Miss Sarah Marie Thompson on with us to talk about creative alignment. She's a creative lifestyle expert and soul guide. Um, she also has a podcast hosted at Wild and Creative, which is also the name of her business. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah, go ahead and uh, just introduce yourself and um, let's start talking about creative alignment because I feel like creativity. Uh, whether you are, you know, in depth with it, like we are, where we actually make it uh, a sole purpose of what we're offering our clients and um, even ourselves in our personal life, you know, we're just immersed in it, but you don't have to be. But I think that regardless of what you sell or what you do in your life, creativity needs to be something that we're aligned with and practicing with and really experimenting all the time with um, to reach results quicker and um, just, you know, be able to get what we need and want out of life in a, you know, in an easier, more fun way, I should say, you know, it's really, for me, it's all about having fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So just really quickly, like, what I what I do for people, like you said, I'm a creative lifestyle expert and soul guide. Um, how I kind of got to that place, well, I'm not going to tell the story, big story, but why I decided on what that was going to be for me was because I was really able to marry the two creatives, which are the most important creatives that we can never experience, the um, physical, tangible, artistic aspect of creation, and then the mental manifesting aspect of creation, and then I started to get really, really good at them. I was always really good at the physical aspect of creation, but then it was more of the mental one that we really have to get good at but when we can marry them together then that's where people's magic happens but I'm a really big believer that everybody's creativity is their personal magic I'm like such a big believer about that and um it was funny just as you were talking I was thinking I haven't really created anything this morning but I did just take you know half an hour making my uh new espresso machine a drink that takes a really long time and I was like you know what I could get really good at that too that's a very creative thing <laughs> I love that. And you know what? Yeah. Super creative when I'm like totally tapped out in every way that you can think of. Um, put me in a kitchen and all of a sudden everything starts to get, you know, reignited. I feel like uh, myself again. I feel empowered. I feel creative. I actually almost became a chef. So I totally cool. get how drink can be creative. And um, spur on those feelings when you're not really like looking for creativity in a way. Yeah. But it's something that we actually need to put in our body. So I love that. For me, that's definitely gardening, like outdoor outdoor like gardening stuff that's like my meditative like creative state where it's like you know what you're doing, but like you're not thinking about it. And sometimes you'd be like, I just went two hours without thinking anything right but that's that's like the perfect kind of restorative meditative creativity that's really really good for you also that is um aligning you with kind of like your theta brainwave state so when you're kind of in that like autopilot um free-flowing creativity you're also accessing like um your theta state which is your most powerful uh creative kind of manifestation state so that's good you want to get into like those those um activities Painting's another one for me for that. Oh, yeah. So there's all kinds of activities that we can do that um, 
you know, maybe we're trying to be really creative in our business, whether it's like delivering an actual creative piece, like I might with a website or a logo, or it might just be thinking create more creativity, uh, you know, for marketing and sales or um, having more of an outside of the box. People like to use that term um, in the way that they're creating relationships online and off and, you know, maybe what their goals are going to be moving forward and just being able to be more free with that. So there's actually activities that we can do that have nothing to do with those goals that will ignite where we need to be in alignment and, you know, and empowered by what we're trying to create in our um, careers. Yeah. I yeah, and I'm constantly thinking about it because I love creativity. Like I've always been creative. I'm like looking around at all my stuff. I mean, everywhere I look, there's just creativity brimming. But I will tell you this: there doesn't, there's not really a week that goes by where I don't have some kind of struggle in my business or with my projects and even my personal projects where I think. Um, gosh, I wish I could just not feel this way. So I think the emotional aspect of creativity uh, is really heavy for a lot of people. In fact, some people might call it like a creative block. It can make you cry. It can make you scream. It can make you avoid and, or, or it can even make you think uh, you're not creative. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, as soon as you're saying that, what I wanted to mention to you, and I'm not sure if we've talked about, I'm sure we've talked about this before. I'm pretty sure because I bring it up whenever people start kind of talking about creativity and like their go-tos for things. But I'm a really big believer that there are four types of spiritual intuitive people, or sorry, sorry, intuitive people. That's spiritual, spiritual intuitive, physical intuitive, emotional intuitive, and mental intuitive. And the, the, um, the creative individuals like us, we usually tend to fall mostly under physical intuitive and emotional intuitive. And so like everything's a major roller coaster ride. So when you said like, it's hard to go a week without something happening. I'm like, yeah, it is <laughs> like everybody, like everybody. That way. Right. I mean, you're a professional. Uh, I would just call you just to kind of, you know, generalize it, but you're a creative coach. And really I, kind of take that role on as well um, in part of my business. But the funny thing is, is it doesn't matter how much experience you have, there's like this struggle. Um, and so we're the same in that way. Um, and it's not because I'm not good at it or I have something wrong with me. Um, I think that it's just, uh, when you're thinking about creativity, it's sort of like a puzzle. And if you don't enjoy searching out that answer and knowing that there are multiple answers to that question, I think that's where you have to start with your perspective. If you don't like that, it's going to be really difficult to be creative in any way in your life or your business. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, even what you were just saying there, I mean, that there are, you know, a few different avenues that you can go down. But um, so when we say the word alignment, alignment is not just your happiest route. It really is about you having your happiest route, but also it being a route that is um, fully supported by kind of like why you're here, like your soul's gifts and skills and attributes. So that's type the type of work that I really do with people. So it's funny because yes, we're totally both creative coaches in a way or creative mentors in a way. You're definitely more, and this is interesting. I always find this interesting. You're definitely more in the, in the physical aspect of creation, right? Like you're in there with the paints and stuff. And that is so me, but that's not really how I help people online. Like my, my thing online really is that I help people figure out those initial first steps so that they can start going in a direction that feels really, really good. And then when they understand that fully, then helping them kind of create that, the, I guess more of the intangibles, like the offering systems and stuff. And then like you come in. So it's like, there's always, I don't know, there's so many different parts of creativity, right? Like it's hard to just say. That's why it's such an exploration for probably the rest of my life. Um, I also was discussing something that might be part of what you have experienced in when you talk about creative alignment. This has been on my mind most of the year, but lately it's gotten super intense. Um, and I'm actually probably going to be doing a blog post about it today because it's just coming to me like I cannot stop thinking about it it's so interrupting and I'm like I can't ignore this anymore I have to start doing some major research and sharing my thoughts about it but really um 
And I've heard it from other coaches. So it's not like this is a new concept. I've read articles about it before, but how can you be creative if you're not healthy and focused? Mm. You can't. Focus itself. And I say healthy because the human mind, it's, you know, when you have any kind of health ailment, you're going to struggle with focus like right away. So yes. um, I have this. So like the time of the month, the womanly time of the month, this is happening for me right now. And I have no shame in letting everyone know this because yeah, <laughs> it's like the so first it's thing like, you know is focus. And yeah. And so I almost like, it's like, let's go into major list mode. Let's set some, you know, timers. Let's make sure that I am, you know, as focused as I can be in this type of condition. And then what am I eating? What am I putting into my body that can, you know, make this even a better situation than it is without having to ignore it or complain or cry or take the day off. Um, That's really not an option for me all the time. And I've learned to be creative um, under all kinds of circumstances, but it always really comes back to, um, you know, maybe you're not completing the projects that you want to complete, or you're not working with the people that you want to work with, or you're not making the money that you want to work, you want to make. I swear it just all comes back. I I keep thinking, focus, focus. Where is your focus? This is where someone with, would love, you know, they would love to work with someone like you or me, where I'd say, or you might say, well, let me ask you some of these questions and then we're going to find out where, you know, you don't need to be focusing anymore. (laughs) Oh yeah. Right. I mean, if I even look at um, past experiences of myself and that's really where my mess became my message, like, you know, later on was that I was doing way too many things. I wasn't focusing on anything specific. I had six businesses. I was crying that all six businesses weren't working. Um, You know what I mean? Like it was just that thing. And it's like, hello, um, (laughs) you should be focusing on, uh, you know, one or two things if you really want to be successful in that way. Right. But I was really scared to let go of all the other things because I was like, well, I like, I like them too. I don't want people to think that I wasn't good at them. Like as creatives, we have like major ego too, right? Even though we don't want to say if we do, if we have lots of ego in lots of areas because our creativity is our craft it is our magic and you know especially as a creative kid you know that's kind of like your thing right when people are like oh she's the creative one in the class it's like you're like oh that's my thing right and so then that's kind of like what you take with you like into adulthood so you don't want to let go of a lot of stuff but you know it's not right for you but I legitimately did not know what to let go of because I was so fearful of that thing being the thing I could have got really good at and so when I finally understood what my soul's direction was and like what my soul attributes really were and like what my soul's mission really was. And that's what I help people do. I was so happy because I finally was able to let go of all those other things I just liked to do. And it was like guilt free permission to just be like, all right, I'm going to like work on these like two things. And it's going to be amazing. And that's like the most exciting part. Yeah. But that's it. That's the thing. I think the hardest thing for a creative in business, because creativity is like our natural like birthright, right? It's just kind of like, we all have it to some degree. Sorry, I have allergies. Um, but the, the biggest, the hardest thing for us is to say, I'm only going to really work on like this one big thing because we do love everything. As you were saying, I was like, yep, Oracle Cards love that jewelry. Yep, did that business. Um, I'm just like thinking about it all. And I'm like, yeah, that's why it was so hard. Cause like, I still love all those things, but realistically we know that we can't spend all our time on all the things, right? Yeah. If we had all the money in the world, that'd be awesome. Cause we could just spend all our time on all the things. And I think that is everybody's goal. Right. But to not, to not want to I just keep looking around myself and I see it all I see the things that some things that I just let go um some of the things I don't see anymore so like yeah. I play the cello uh this is an interesting segue so the emotions of not being in an alignment with something that you're good at um it it wasn't happening for me and in fact Like it was part of a dream that I had as a child. I wanted to go to Juilliard. I wanted to play for the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. And just the way that my journey went, um, 
that was just never going to happen by the time I was able to fully commit. And then when I was able to fully commit, I tried to, which made me feel guilty for many years. And I ended up just playing alone forever. Uh, and then I finally, a few years ago, uh, sold it to a young girl. She's in high school and she just loved it. It was the act of meeting her and her parents and selling her the cello that I wasn't able to bring to full fruition. Uh, I thought it was going to make me feel so sad. And I do feel sadness because there's like a guilt. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't check that off my list. You know what I mean? I didn't do what I said I was going to do. And I loved it. And I love cello. I love any bass instruments. Like, oh. Uh, but once I got that out of my life, there was a huge space available for the things that I'm really meant to do. And I have done this several times with all kinds of things. Um, and so a lot of people even uh, have this experience when they are in a career that maybe was pushed on them by their parents that yeah. offers them all kinds of security. We've seen this in movies and shows and we probably know somebody and they're in this career and they just feel guilty and they feel that weight of misalignment in, um, in their career and they're not really able to attach creativity to anything because they're so out of alignment and any little thing I mean you know I'm really into energy like any little thing that is in my studio or in my home or on my person that is in misalignment when it comes to creativity or my life's purpose it's like it's still a little bit of energy even if it's just a little bit it's like am I using it is it part of my purpose moving forward um, if not, why do I still have it? Why am I still keeping it away in a drawer or down in the basement? Um, what's the story behind that? So I've been looking at all this stuff for years now and going through my life and kind of going, you know, where in the more I let go and the more I kind of focus. So bringing back to the focus on what it is that I do love to do. Um, the more money I make, the better people that are coming into my life that surround me, uh, the more fun I have, and the easier it is for me to come up with solutions for any kind of problem that I'm having. And coming up with a solution is very creative. So if you're in a state of panic or you have a lot of misalignment in your life, you know, as you know, because you coach people all the time with this, you're, they're just, there's going to be this feeling like something is off, like something is not working here and you're just not going to be able to attain it. Even if you're making good money, it might, you know, maybe you're making $150,000 a year, but you're still in misalignment and you could actually be making much more than that. And you could be actually much more happy. And maybe you could even be working less. I mean, there's all kinds of things to think about. Um, but people feel trapped. I mean, creativity can really, there's like this horrible dark side, right? <laughs> That's what I keep thinking about all the time. Anytime I have creative block or I have these emotions run through me and I think, oh my God, like why can't I just love it all the time? Because I don't. Because it's hard. Well, I would definitely say that, I wouldn't say it's like the dark side, but I would definitely say the stormy day. Like, for, for creativity, which is funny because I have always believed that my hippie name is Storm, no matter what. Because yeah. I was a really, like, I wasn't a grumpy child, but I didn't, like, smile until I was, like, eight. <laughs> All my baby pictures, I'm not smiling. Um, but I was very, I was very, like, um, introspective, and I was very intuitive, and I was very much, like, as a Scorpio, also always like analyzing, like not not um, observing more so. And uh, but anyway, that was me as a child, but also very creative. It was very interesting. But as you were talking about the cello, I think that um, we have like a lot of things in common because I've always wanted to play the cello, and now I'm asking my husband to like buy me an electric cello. So <laughs> so I'm hoping to really get into it because I also really like any violin music. That's why I think I like bluegrass, too. Like, I don't really like country, but bluegrass, like, I have a real connection to it. But um, anyway, my story, real quick, is that when I was in grade 7 band, um, I didn't really have the confidence yet to say, I'm going to be the only one to play the French horn, or I'm going to be the only one to play the violin. So I did the clarinet. And... Um, 
the French yes, horn. Like, I know. I know, right? The French horn just like looked really creative and amazing, and I always wanted to play it. And so I went with the um, the, the clarinet, and I regretted it ever since that moment in grade seven band. So I call, um, I call this um, play the French horn. You know what I mean? Like when it's when it's like you have the choice to either do something that you really love and feel really good about, or taking the easy road, right? Because all your friends are doing it. So it's just like play the friggin' French horn already. I would tell myself that all the time because it's just like it just reminds me. Being <laughs> involved in being creative. Um, so even if, well, I'll just tell you. You know, when I started, I was like eight or nine, and the cello was huge. I mean, it was ridiculous, and I had a full size because I was a taller kid. How did you like carry around? Oh, stupid. I mean, I'm telling you, because everyone looked at me. I had to carry this huge thing down the street. It was heavy. And I had to act like I didn't care because the damn thing was so expensive. Um, I, you know, had to get it up on the bus. And I remember those big steps. And you, I mean, this thing was thousands of dollars. So it's like, not like yeah. just a clarinet. It was this crazy instrument. And it was either that or family, the family nest egg. <laughs> I mean, my mom was like, what are you doing? It was so loud that I actually had to get a mute. Uh, you can get a mute to put on, like, if you live in an apartment or something. Uh, okay. Instrument because cellos are very loud. Um, so just like the French horn is very loud and just like the drums are very loud. So that was like, oh, I want to play a saxophone. But the guy said that my lips were too big and it would just be wrong. Oh my gosh. Wow, you didn't think that would be a problem. <laughs> but they're all really difficult instruments. And so I kind of wanted to bring up this fact is that if you are a really highly creative person, even if you're having problems with it and you're not totally in alignment yet and some of the stuff's ringing a bell, a lot of people like me and you out there were choosing really difficult roads because when you're creative – you're going to, you're choosing something that probably isn't popular. It's mm -hmm. probably, you know, even in business, if you're making a creative choice in your business, um, maybe it's not very popular. You're not seeing it everywhere. And so it makes you feel like maybe I should just choose the clarinet because everybody yeah. else is the clarinet. And it's, it's hard. I mean, I, you know, and I had glasses, I had these big, blue glasses and I'm carrying the cello. I mean, I don't want to head up spiral perm. I mean, it, the whole thing was unpopular. I was just crazy. Well, and you know, it didn't turn out well. I mean, all these years later I sell the cello and I'm like so happy it's out of my life, but that doesn't mean I hate the cello. Like I, I love classical music and all these things. And I found that it created space to let some of that go. It also taught me a lesson in that, where am I focusing? And am I choosing something that is doable, but that might not lead me down the road of, you know, perfecting my craft? And, and am I, how, how much do I love my craft? And what is that? I mean, someone like me, I could have hundreds of services, really. I could have hundreds of services available. And so even just being creative enough to create packages and different opportunities of ways to work with me so I can help people with their creative solutions um, has been difficult. So it just seems like the creative road uh, for anyone isn't always um, the easiest. So mm -hmm. they hire people like us to do it. But I just want people to know that even the experts in the creative field, um, we're always struggling because we're always advancing. And so every time we evolve and we uh, create more maturity in our creative you know, knowledge bank, um, it's going through another transition. We're uncomfortable again, and, and we experience creative blocks, and we experience, um, you know, the stormy days, <laughs> like you were saying. I love that. Cloudy stormy days are the best to create on. You know what I mean? Like they're like yeah. the, the inside days. They're the best, but you know, I just wanted to share, um, cause you brought up alignment again, just in conversation. Cause that's kind of like what we're talking about here. But, um, you know, when you are, when you're doing like so many things and this can just be like hobbies as well. Right. In our mind, like we feel like we need to, 
compartmentalize like our time, you know? So it's kind of like, I got to work on my crafts here. I got to work on my instrument. I got to work on my painting. Oh, that painting's been up for so long or out on these. I got to finish that. I got to work on my work stuff. I got to create that course. And there's like so many things. And it's like, it's really hard to like get rid of all of them because we love them all. And some of them are hobbies. Some of them are work stuff. But um, it's a really, that's, that's what really like gets me kind of stuck, I feel sometimes. So when that happens, I really have to like write it all down. Like I'll literally write on my to-do list of everything from finish the painting to finish those lessons for that course to whatever. Because even if it's 25 things, I can then be like, okay, I'm looking at them now. I'm going to like, it just helps me figure things out, right? So I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to work on this, this, and this. Thursday is going to be like a day off. I'm going to do more creative stuff that day. But if I don't write things down, like I, I don't do anything. Then I just like, I'm like, oh, there's too much to do. I, you know what I mean? Like I'm just, I'm a little bit overwhelmed um, and I don't do anything and things don't get done. So I, I, I'm telling everybody this. I've, I have done a lot of stuff in my business this year. Like I get a lot done compared to a regular person, but in my eyes, I'm not doing anything enough, doing not doing enough. And I will say like at least the first six months of this year, I feel like I didn't do anything at all. Although I started a podcast, I created a membership site, blah, 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 blah. But in my eyes, the things that meant the most to me, the things that were like the biggest things on the list that I kind of kept putting off because I was like, these are really special. Those didn't get done because I, I don't know why. I mean, when I think about them, I'm like, if I, if I rush them, I mean, that's going to suck. I, I don't want that because it's not going to be my best work. But also, I think those big, big things that I keep putting off, I don't want them to be anticlimactic because, like, they're really, really special to me, right? So, again, it's, it's so interesting how, like, different things end up on different parts of our to-do list. I am the type of person where my mind is like, let's do all the easiest stuff first on the to-do list and work on the biggest stuff later, which isn't serving me, really, because the bigger like the bigger things are my special things. They always keep getting left like last. Right. So. So both of us know what to do. We're just helping. (laughs) You haven't noticed everybody on Facebook land. Um, So yeah, I do the same thing. Uh, And I've noticed that recently, which is again, why I'm bringing up focus. Um, So there's only like a few hours out of the day for a normal, healthy human being to actually do a great amount of focused, amazing, uh, purposeful work. And I find that so little. I'm always like, where's the time going? How do you figure out um, what time of day is going to be perfect for you? I actually learned this through another mentor that I follow. Um, His name is Isaiah Hankel. He's a scientist, and so he's always talking about biology. So I'm really interested in the human body and our brain, and that's why I bring up focus, because for a creative person, it's extremely hard to focus. For someone who thinks that they're not creative, or maybe that they're not being creative, or they don't know how to be more creative, um, it really lies in your health and in your focus. Mm -hmm. Uh, The way that he explained it was a really interesting uh, way. So what he did, and I did this too, is he rated one through 10 from the time he woke up, how focused he felt uh, each day, you know, for like five days, you could do it for 10 days, you know, how, whenever you feel satisfied, you do it on your phone. I did it on my notepad and I found that my most focused times usually, so sometimes it's going to be different, you know, life gets in the way and you, maybe you forget to do it or you are like, wow, this is so weird, but I feel more focused and it's midnight. So there's just, you know, you're not always going to be, but you will see a pattern and until you see a pattern, you know, you should keep doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, So one being uh, the least focused, which would probably be the moment you wake up. (laughs) You know, the moment you wake up, you're like, I'm a little, you know, I'm like, I'm awake. I just had this weird dream. I'm a big dreamer. So for me, waking up is always, it's not just about being groggy, but it's really about my dream state. So I have, a, I have lots of, I'm not going to get into it, but I have the dream thing going. Um, and I've been studying that for years too. But I found that my couple, two to three hours of really great focus work is done between like 1130 and two. Me too. Um, you know, so I try to 
do the things that are really important to me during those times. And I find that when I'm doing things outside of those, of that chunk of time that I can do them, but I'm not as fast and I'm not as like stealth and like ninja. And, and it can be the creativity. It can be the, uh, you know, the dull stuff of business. It can, it could be accounting. It could be, you know, whatever I decide to put in that time slot is really my most important thing. And, you know, it's not end all be all. Sometimes my most important thing gets done in the best way, like I said, at the weirdest times. Um, so you don't have to like be like, oh, it's only between 1130 and two. But noticing a pattern like that about your mind and your body and the way that you're working over a period of time easily by just rating it one to 10 with 10 being the highest to focus. It's interesting. And you could do this, you know, a couple times a year or once a year and really see that it's probably changing. So maybe your health's improving and you've been working out and all this stuff and your focus time changes or you have a baby and your focus time changes from morning to afternoon, you know, but to be so aware of where your focus is, is super interesting to me. And I think it's one of the, you know, golden keys to understanding, um, where you'll probably be more creative <clears throat> or you could make more creative choices. Um, I just feel stronger during those times. And um, that's just bo your body. You know, that's not me, me being special or, or I'm telling you that, you know, your focus times between 11 and two, you got to figure it out for yourself. Yeah. I would say like, I agree to do there, but then I really thought about it and um, it's not just the time of day for me. It's about how inspired I am. And it's very, um, I really chalk it up to like my environment. So for example, if I'm, I do my best work too, like when I'm alone. So if my husband's around, like he, he doesn't like, you know, interfere, but I just feel like my, all my attention's not there. Right. So I do my best work, like when I am alone, but also too, like I said, my environment's, um, also having an interior design background, like energetic interior design, like my environment is like everything to me. So I love, especially like the warmer times of year, like sitting out on my deck in the country, looking over the lake, having some classical music play. Like I have the whole like scenario scene that gets me like really, really creative. So if I can like get into that space, I can pretty much like do really good work. Um, something that you mentioned, um, oh, just about health and stuff like that two things that really make people feel more creative are water and also movement. So, you know, that's why people love to take showers. They don't realize it, but like, you know, you're really replenishing. You're also getting rid of a lot of um, toxic vibes on you as well. Right. When you shower, that's why people love to be in water and then movement. Also people get a lot of great ideas when they're walking or what have you. Right. So what I kind of came up with years ago and I call this finding your creative bliss. So, for example, my creative bliss is uh, uh, an equation of, of things, and it's, like, me sitting out on the deck in, like, the afternoon with, like, the, with, like, the golden sun coming in, my cat's there, I'm listening to creative music, I've got, like, a, a caramel macchiato or, like, a coffee drink with me, I've got my computer there, my journal, stationery that's beautiful, it's, like, the whole equation that's, like, I'm in, like, the creative mode, and so, like, if you, if I can't get to all of those things, like say it's winter and I can't be outside. Okay. What can I, what can I bring from my creative bliss toolbox to be with me right now? So I always tell people like, this is a really good thing for you to do. Like journal it out, like to everything. What sounds do you hear? Like what smells? Is there a candle going your favorite candle? Like what's happening in this whole thing right now where you can like pull from it later? Yeah, um, so sometimes I'm from Michigan, and so there's a part of the year that is extremely inside. Yeah. <laughs> so it's cold, you know, and it's the kind of cold where you just, it's not fun snow cold. It's like cold that hurts your back just when you go to go get the mail. <laughs> yeah. It's like, mm, you know, you, you're all like freezing and, and it's dark. And, yes. Um, <laughs> I'm very sensitive to it. It's been hard for me to figure it out. Uh, 
and we'll probably move at some point in our life somewhere where it's not so harsh during the winter, but who knows? But in any case, I do funny things like this where I'll play like, like Jamaican music. Um, mm-hmm. of island, like island music, you know, Hawaiian yep. music. Um, maybe it's like island jazz. That's super fun. Oh my gosh. Island yep. jazz. Music. You like feel like you're on a cruise or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Just trying to, there's always going to be, I can't something, right? There's always going to be something that's a little bit out of place. There's rare days where everything's completely perfect and it all mm-hmm. is there and it's all for you and you did all the right things and everyone around you did all the right things and even more. Um, those are rare days, you know, but you know, obviously remember them when they happen. And I think that was yesterday for me. Yesterday was so beautiful and it was funny and it was uh, there was unexpected things that happened and my creativity was high and there was some kind of ambience in the space and electricity flowing and I can't wait to like pick out a journal and do exactly what you're talking about and just write about everything in major detail so that I understand how to recreate that that's kind of how I figured out how to um, use manifestation a little bit easier. Whereas I really went into detail uh, when the things that I wanted to happen, for instance, maybe I raised my prices and um, I finally got that first sale with that, you know, larger price point. What was I feeling like that day? These are creative ways yeah, that you know, me and Sarah sure. work all the time. So how did I feel that way? How did I, um, how did I act? What did I say? How, what was the energy between me and this woman um, that created a space where she said yes? Um, you know, all these things. And then recreating that um, over and over and over again as best as possible and even expanding on it if I feel like I'm comfortable with that. Um, so same thing, but, you know, here, it's actually you're talking about same thing, but in a bigger way, a more personal way. Um, I just really love that. I, and I keep thinking about coffee. Like I'm a big <laughs> coffee fan. And I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah. And or teas. Like I love expensive coffees and teas. Um, just the luxuriousness of the taste of them. Um, how they make me feel. Even just smelling them. I'm a you know, real foodie type of person. And so that would be part of the recipe really of um, – well, scent is everything. Creative alignment. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, scent, like, scent like, is right now. Scent is everything. Like, um, there's been events. Like, well, we were talking about this like a while ago. There's been events that I've gone to where you know they've asked after, "Was everything great? Like, what did you think we should have changed?" I'll be like, you know what? There's no scent there. And scent for me is a huge factor of like getting into inspiration remembering um lots of different things right so scent is really everything so if you can bring scent into your equation like i'm a huge candle person and this is a whole other story but i lost my sense of smell for two years once because i was very angry about something (laughs) it was like an energetic uh thing that happened and um i finally got it back after two years after um having a healer come to my house and I cried like it was like two years of tears because I wasn't able to smell anything for two years. I smell coffee, nothing. Like if, if I smelt oranges, it was a little bit like chocolatey, but things were like really messed up. So I was like hating life for for a while there because I was so like scent oriented. But, um, another interesting thing I wrote down four things that I have to, they're all like not even like tied together, but, um, light versus dark so in, you said in the winter time gets really dark and that's a, a you know not so inspiring for a lot of people what i find to be really interesting is that i am very inspired by light and bright rooms right like a lot of light coming in my husband he can go down into like the dark dungeon and like play music in the dark you know what i mean like it's just like guys is it just like a girl guy thing i don't know but like he does not need the light i'm like i need the light <laughs> So I always find that really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah light. Like, I actually, when we moved here, I couldn't, um, it was one of the happiest moments because there were so many windows. Nice. And I remember when we first moved in, we couldn't even, we didn't even have the budget to put 
blinds and, and like stuff, the treatments up on all, there were so many windows, like we're like, oh my gosh, it's so expensive. And so for days, it was like we were getting up with the roosters because, you know, the, there was so much light in this house, but it was just amazing, even in the bathroom. And I say that even in the bathroom, because there were so many homes I lived in and maybe you've experienced it too, where it was like this little window in the bathroom. You're like, you yeah. know, it's like the one place that actually should have more uh, natural light coming for all kinds of reasons. But yeah, light is really, really important, uh, especially during the winter time here in Michigan. So I understand that. One other thing I was thinking of is, um, and this is just like a total side note, but also interesting. And I, and I'll do yours for you if you like, but something that I provide to my clients is I, I kind of know a bit about numerology and that kind of thing, but we have certain energetic alignment days where all of our numerology, like it one, a couple days a month, like numerology, numerology, I can't even say it. You guys understand. We are like on point. Like we are totally aligned with the, with numerology and the cosmos. And um, so it's really interesting knowing those alignment days because you could have had that alignment day yesterday. You know what I mean? And it was just like, Oh, those are the days that you want to like sign documents on. Those are the days that you want to like do big projects on launch things on. Right. Because you were like, so energetically like supported. That's cool. That, that's an interesting thing. Um, so another thing, sorry, I have all these things I wanted to mention that are like good points. Um, now, when we were talking about creative bliss, um, we were like, you know, what if you can't get to a lot of these different things, right, to add to your equation? Um, one of my things on my equation was, a big one was that my cat was always there. And I felt really, really creative and, you know, inspired with my cat being there. Well, she has now passed away. And I do definitely feel like something's always missing. So that was a really big thing I had to kind of get over for the first little bit because it was, well, I mean, an animal is an energetic being, right? And when they're not around, it definitely, you don't feel it. But this same thing happened actually about eight years ago with my grandma. So my grandma was like my creative muse. She like taught me how to do everything, stained glass, paint, all that kind of stuff growing up. So I felt like all my creativity I really owed to her. So when I would complete something, I would show her. But when she passed away, I was like, there's nobody to show. Oh, that wasn't accurate, but I was just like, I don't want to do anything. It took me eight months to create anything after she died, which was very weird for me. But I remember because I was so lost of how to get back into the creative zone. So there's probably somebody listening that's going to relate to this. I had to literally physically put my paints in my car and drive to a morning, a free morning paint class downtown. Because I was like, this is the only way. I'm going to paint anything because I have to like force myself to go in this room and like I have to do something while I'm there. <laughs> you um, that, yourself. Yeah, that was the first time I did anything after eight months, but that started my whole painting process again. So it's like, if you're so unbelievably blocked or stumped or feeling like you can't, you have to just put yourself into a position, like and force yourself to start doing something. Right. Because you know, that's a, that's a mental creative block, right? Like that's not, I don't have the tools. That's like, super mental block mm -hmm. um but I was also thinking about my best times that I'm like the most inspired and I and I honestly you might be able to relate to this but I really do chalk it up to feeling really really good and for me in my business I feel really really good and focused when I feel successful and when I feel successful I feel really passionate so it's kind of like a double-edged sword because to do that, I also need focus to like, you know, do good business and bring in income, right? But I feel the most inspired when I feel the most like I have achieved something and also feel successful in doing so. So it's a really weird full circle for me. Um, I don't know if you feel that at all at times, like when, you know, yeah, when you when you've done good, when you've done like a great month or have a great sales day or something, you're like, I'm going to paint everything. Right. But when you're not, you're like, oh, I'm going to try and paint today. But, but that's the, those are the days you need to kind of like get in gear. Right. So it's really hard. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's a pure sign that it's really, 
it doesn't mean that I'm not a good painter. It means I'm painting the wrong things, or maybe I'm using the wrong colors, or, I'm, or I have the wrong perspective or mindset around it. And so then I have to come back to like, basically, I always go back to my childhood. Every time I go back to little Allie, I swear to you, it's, it's, she knows exactly what to do exactly in it. And I'm always like, but that's not serious enough. Like I, this is serious business. Like this is about making some serious money and my professional career. And that's where, when I start thinking like that, that's when everything goes off track. That's, and it's so funny to me. It's like the more serious I get, the worse everything gets. We're probably smarter than that. What? You're probably smarter back in the day as a young child, for sure, because it was just straight, like, instinct and um, intuition, right, without any other kind of mind chatter, but starting in January, I I don't, it might have been later than this, but I just remember, like, having this conversation with myself in January, but I was like, okay, once again, you're doing a bunch of things again, you know, some are not really tied into each other, I know, (laughs) having this conversation, I know that's what you want to do, but how can we bring it back to basics, and so I was literally, like, hashed this out in a journal, I was like, back to basics, okay, I know that in a a Sona Chouquette book, she wrote, if you want to find out your life's purpose, your life's purpose is sharing with the world the things you love. And that is simple as that. And I was like, okay, that's bringing it back to basics. So what do I love? I love reading. Okay, writing a book makes sense to me. I love oracle cards. Okay, making oracle cards makes sense to me. I love painting and, you know, like the whole colorful stuff. How can I implement that into my business? I love listening to audiobooks. Okay, doing a podcast makes sense to me. And then all the other stuff was just like fluff. You know what I mean? So it was like, if you have to kind of have that conversation with yourself where it's just like, just do the things you love and don't know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like, it's not like we have to reinvent the wheel for things. If you just love something, do it. Just do that. Like, it's not so hard. It feels hard. It sounds weird. Like I'm actually thinking about someone that's in this group right now and she loves to dance and she has all kinds of amazing skills and she's in this kind of like incubator stage of many different paths that she can choose. And right now she is basically dancing it out. Like she's not doing any of the things. She's just dancing as much as possible, which I think is amazing. I think it's great. I think she said last week she danced like three times, um, you know, three nights in a row. And I was like, that is like, you're having fun. Now I just want to point this out. It's kind of like, how can you integrate for someone like that into a brand identity into, you know, a business that energy should she become a dancer maybe not maybe there's these other things but she can actually inject the feeling through her copy through photography that she shares through her brand of what dancing is to her and how it makes her feel and how it makes her clients feel but not necessarily becoming a dancer so Mm -hmm. there's all these things and I mean this is what kind of clogs everything up all the time not that she shouldn't she might become a dancer but I'm just saying um we can be good at so many things and if we're we're taking you know little pieces of ourselves every single week and putting them in all these different categories that's what we call spreading ourselves thin and even though you're great at a lot of things that doesn't make you a genius if you're doing them all all the time that actually just makes you um Spreading yourself thin. I don't know what that would be, but it's just, it doesn't my, work. I've done it. You've done it. She's done it. My family. People I've my worked family with have done it. Family. Yeah. I always try to like think of Starbucks. I'm like, listen, let's just make coffee. <laughs> let's just yeah. be good at coffee. Like what's my coffee? What's my, you know, coffee product that I'm going to be like the best coffee maker in the world. Um, so True. That's, you know, and, and then how do I make all the other stuff, all the things really injected into my brand, into my life so that it's still there. It is still there. 
Well, the nice thing about creating a lifestyle brand for yourself, and this was something that definitely helped me like clear and focus a lot of the stuff that I was doing, but before it was a bunch of stuff that I was doing that was not necessarily connected. But when I put it under the aspect of like a creative brand, so my wild and creative brand, like the podcast made sense. If I write like writing books made sense, um, you know, being a mentor made sense because it's all still kind of like the same um, message and focus. It's just with different tools, right? So again, products if I wanted to, but necessarily it's not taking away from the focus of the brand. But I, I do get a lot of people coming to me at the very beginning when we start working together and they're like, I'm doing these three things, but I don't really want them all together. And it's just like, look, if there's no way that we can like connect these in a way that makes sense, you're going to feel really overwhelmed. You're going to hate your life. <laughs> like, let's just face it. Right. So, because you're going to be literally again, focusing on three businesses when if you can amalgamate things that make sense, then your, your energy is so much more um, alive, right? Like for your, for your brand, for the business, for what you're working on. Um, of course, these are all like just tips that we're giving. And it's just like, you know, it, it's hard yeah. to kind of put all these things together, but um, you know, maybe people can do one thing that we've said. <laughs> one of the things helps. I mean, the, the, this is all very vast and it's all personal things that we have um, succeeded in. We've been through it. Um, one of the things that, you know, I say personally, like I don't, I usually don't talk about this, um, but I think you brought it up. Sometimes you do have to just uh, do it. So you just, Oh gosh, I don't even want to bring up the Nike thing, but <laughs> yeah. You mean like just force yourself. Yeah. There are, you do you know how many times that I forced myself and it actually was a great thing it actually I was like oh my god thank god like getting that for instance the rabbit foot up on my canvas seriously that was one of the best things and the hardest things I've ever done that literally took me three years to put a freaking painted purple rabbit foot up on a canvas and that may sound silly but it actually just flooded me with the feelings of success that is now manifesting all kinds of amazingness for me and my business. I feel so creative today. I feel like a wall's been knocked down and I never do any of this stuff alone. And sometimes you do have to force yourself through. You have to force yourself to write. You have to force yourself to, maybe you're not feeling good and you don't feel like doing that live stream, um, you know, cause your health isn't like tip top and you're feeling emotional or something. Me today, <laughs> you know, but you just do it. And after you start doing it, you feel so much better. You're just like, yes. And it's that feeling of checking something off the list. And sometimes it's the feeling of knocking an entire wall down that's been keeping you. Like, it's keeping you. I It's, it's tricky because I, I totally think that, yes, you, and I've said before, like, you have to push yourself when you are feeling stumped. Um, most of the time, I really like to create create well like organically right so I tend not to push my like you're doing more physical creations a lot where when I do more physical creations um I find I need the extra inspiration for those because they mean so much more to me but we've talked about this before and I say a thousand times it's like you know you always have to create for yourself first right so again um when you're creating for yourself first there's magic there there's you hopefully usually no self-judgment but when you're creating for other people it's the whole other situation right but I think that when you said like that rabbit foot thing and again I think that that really is about like bringing it back to basics because I think people feel the most aligned and successful when they feel like they've come home again right or when they feel like it's a full circle for them so there's things that I've created even 10 years ago like quizzes or mini courses or something like that where I'll be looking through these old binders I'll be like this so makes sense for me to put out now. And you feel so good about it because you're like, oh, that wasn't for nothing. It's like it happened for a reason, right? So in those moments where you can kind of like bring it back to basics and bring it home and bring it full circle, that's when you feel really like aligned. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that you were able to join me today to talk about creativity. It's definitely not just for the artist. It's really um, anyone who's looking to up-level their life and conquer any kind of 
problem with um, just an out-of-the-box solution. And I love everything that we talked about. How can people reach you and um, get a hold of you online and learn more about you? Yeah, so they can basically, my my Wild and Creative website, so www.wildandandcreative.com has everything. You can find my podcast through there. Um, you can find ways to work with me through there. You can find my group through there, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I mean, definitely check out my podcast. Allie's been on, um, I think a couple of I think there's two episodes you've been on in there and um, yeah. And there's a couple different ways to work with me. Um, one of the ways is basically like a little bit of a longer term mentorship. That's for somebody that's kind of beginning and needs to implement a lot of the stuff along the way, finding alignment and also putting it, putting it into kind of product form and um, offering form. Um, and then the other way is for someone who's more of like a go-getter business um, <sighs> well, I was going to say guru, go-getter, a business enthusiast who definitely wants to retweak and realign things because things are not feeling right. And that's more of like a, a full day experience. But um, yeah, I mean, the thing to remember is just like, you know, whether you have a creative business or not, your business is actually always creative, right? Because what we do is always creative. So just looking at it in ways where you can bring your authenticity into it and bringing it back to basics and bringing it home. Cause even if you're an accountant, there's ways where you can bring it home. You know what I mean? And feel really, really good about the stuff that you're doing. It doesn't have to necessarily be working with color or like physical shapes and stuff like that. Right. So I think that the internet has really made um, the creative business that much more, wondrous like in a way right I mean the thing is if you make hats for cats you could be making a million dollars selling your hats for cats um but the idea of an artist it's a really interesting word and I sometimes flip flop back on it all the time it's like what is an actual artist does it mean you're selling your work or because there could be an artist that's you know, making one painting a year and selling it or there's someone who makes a creation every single day so again I don't think that people should get caught get caught up if they are in the creative realm or like kind of getting into it of what an artist really is it's just about like what you want to do like in what how you want to show up like forget about these words right mm -hmm. I love that because it's so confusing and I meet women all the time who are just waiting uh, to put their work out or to contact galleries or to, um, they, they're just so highly intimidated because they don't think that they're a real artist. Uh, so that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. yeah. Forget, the words. forget the words, just bring it home, get back. To create me. for yourself, create for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so thank you everybody who's joining. If you're watching the replay, we're so excited that um, you're watching the replay. If you have questions, just tag us. We'll definitely be um, checking it out and answering. Know that uh, you're not alone, uh, that even that most highly creative people in the world uh, struggle with creativity from time to time. And there's so many different perspectives to look in on. And we hope that we have brought, you know, at least a few people uh, something that will settle your mind and bring you back home so that you can do some more creativity in your business and let some things go and um, just let your hair down a little bit and have some fun. You know, having fun isn't about not being serious about your company, which has always been the struggle with me. It's mm -hmm. like, I have to be serious. Every time I do that, it's like everything gets out of alignment. So stay in alignment by being, being who you are and really understanding and not being afraid of doing what you love. Um, I know when I first started to, um, just really quick, because this is so important. When I first started thinking about my purpose again, I constantly would think and read and watch movies and all this stuff about how all of a sudden they started doing what they loved and then they became successful and amazing and everyone knew who they were. And I was like, I don't get that. Uh, getting past that point is always really difficult, that mindset. So if you're there, um, definitely reach out to us because, you, you know, you're not alone. It, it is confusing to understand what that means in the beginning because you, we always associate everything with money. And if you're doing something you love that makes no sense and no one's supporting you and no one's giving you any money and you don't know how to get past that point, it's tough. You know, you definitely want to be in um, some type of contact with, with Sarah or with me or both of us because um, we know how that feels too. 
Well, that's just the thing. People are kind of just searching for that financial validation and to connect it with like their creative task. That's what I was doing with the six businesses. I was like, well, one of them will start doing really well and I'll just know that that's the one to follow. Right. But like, honestly, that doesn't happen if you're not putting all the energy into that thing. Right. It's not going to be like your, your creativity is your magic, but still it's not going to magically just, you know, start making you money. Right. Um, but I guess the biggest thing is if there's people out there right now that are like doing their thing and they're not making money, right. It doesn't mean you have to scrap it all. If it's something you still love, it just means that you have to kind of shift it two degrees over. Like what can you bring into your business? That's different. That's kind of switching it up, changing things up, changing the way that you're operating, but not giving up on your dream that you still love. Right. Because we hear stories about people like getting successful after a week. We also hear stories about people doing amazing things after like 10 or 12 years. And the big, big businesses out there, like Starbucks or like whatever else, right? Like it wasn't their first year where they got super successful. It was like their 15th year. So I know that sucks for a lot of people to hear, but again, like it just, yeah, just have to keep doing it. Once again, thank you so much for joining us on the Wild and Creative Podcast. If you are a creative individual that is having a little bit of a challenging time finding what you're really good at, finding what your soul wants you to do, finding what you're here to do on earth, please definitely check out my website, wildandcreative.com. I've got a bunch of amazing personality quizzes on there. There's a bunch of activities. I've got a few free programs for you as well as other programs. And you can always book a free creative soul guidance call with me through my website. I just want to share with you that I'm so grateful that you listened to this podcast. Thank you again for sharing it. You know, podcasts are really all about word of mouth. So I so appreciate it. I would also love it if you have not already to please subscribe to this podcast, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify, and you'll be hearing more of me. Thanks so much.